0: Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament.
1: The Old Testament reading for this, the eighth Sunday after Trinity, comes from the book of Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets, who prophesy lies, and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal? Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat? declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire? declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: The second reading is from Acts chapter 20. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. He knelt down and prayed with them all, and there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Beware. Be aware. Be wary. How many other ways of saying that do I need to come up with before the point gets across? Jesus is giving you a warning here, and it's a serious one. How many times have you heard someone say something about God that sounded just a bit off? Maybe it was something about how we need to choose to believe in Jesus in order to be saved. Maybe it was about what you exactly need to do in order to get to heaven. Maybe it was someone saying that you really didn't have to worry about that one part of the law, because nowadays we've moved beyond that understanding. There are many and various ways that false prophets can lead you astray. Many ways that the ravenous wolves will pretend to be sheep, so that you begin to trust them. Perhaps, though, what's even more concerning than recognizing that there are false prophets in your midst is not recognizing them. Because they are there, and they are preaching to you. The devil, the world, and your sinful nature are never going to just give you a pass they're always going to be trying to lead you away from the truth. Always going to be trying to trick you into believing a false teaching. All because in the end, they want nothing more than to see your destruction in the fires of hell. But Jesus knew this was going to be a problem. So instead of coming to save you in secret, he chose to live openly with you and to warn you of this reality by giving you his word. Listen, therefore, again and hear Jesus' warning against the false prophets. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Do you recognize the seriousness of what Jesus is saying here? Do you realize how much of a danger you are in if you are eating the fruit of a false prophet? Not only is the fruit itself dangerous, but the person who is giving it to you is dangerous. Described by Jesus as a ravenous wolf, As in, they will eat you if they fall, or if you fall for their trap. They'll devour your resources, your energy, your time, your thoughts, and eventually, maybe even your faith. This is not some optional, be careful type of warning that Jesus is giving us here. So then, How do you recognize the false prophet? According to Jesus, you'll recognize them by their fruits. But what are the fruits of a prophet? What standards are you to use to evaluate the prophets that you are listening to, myself included? God helps you out by being a bit more specific in our Old Testament reading. Listen to what he says in Jeremiah. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. Prophets, are to be the ones who speak the word of God to you. To put it simply, then, the way that you know whether a prophet is true or false is by whether they speak the word of God or not. The whole word of God. A true prophet doesn't only speak the parts that they like. They speak the entirety of the word of God. A true prophet certainly doesn't add anything to the Word of God. They don't preach their own visions and thoughts as though they were from the very mouth of God. A true prophet doesn't encourage people to despise the Word of God and stubbornly follow their own hearts. No, a true prophet will preach the Word of God to you in all its fullness the full severity of the law, and the full sweetness of the gospel. Which means that to be able to judge a prophet by their fruit, you yourself need to know the word of God. Because that is the standard by which prophets must be judged. Your God knows that you live in a sinful world. And he knows that you needed something that you could really and truly rely on. Something that would never fail you, that would tell you exactly how God feels about you and exactly what he did for you. Therefore, he inspired his true prophets to give you the word of God. The word which tells you of what Jesus did on the cross for you, tells you why he had to do it on the cross for you, and tells ultimately of your eternal destination on account of his sacrifice. The word is trustworthy, and you can rely on it. Unfortunately, though, God and his word are the only things that you can rely on unconditionally. Because sometimes people are false prophets without even knowing it. So please, don't just assume that you can trust someone as a prophet because they are your friend or your family member, or even because they are your pastor. Of course, I try as hard as I can to be a true prophet. To be a prophet and a pastor who preaches the full word of God to you as truly as I can. But I am as much of a sinner as any of you. And I make mistakes. You all know that to be true. Which means that I need you to be faithful students of the Bible who call me out when you think I'm wrong. Because maybe I am wrong. It happens. Or maybe you are actually wrong, and calling me out would give me the opportunity to help you. Either way, something good will come of it if we're both open to being corrected and ultimately are seeking to understand the Word of God. Also, don't just assume that because someone is a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor, member, or church worker that they must automatically be correctly speaking the Word of God to you. Our synod is just as full of sinners as any other denomination, and we, as a synod, can make mistakes. Many of you will remember just how close our synod came to giving up the fullness of the Word of God back in the 70s. For those of you who don't know about Seminex, let me summarize it for you. At the time, our Synod was struggling to answer a very specific question Can the Word of God be preached in a way that is true for all time? Or, in other words, does our interpretation of Scripture change with our culture and society, or should it always remain the same? A decent portion of the pastors and professors of our Synod believes that it should change. A minority, but a decent minority. That our stances on things such as the six-day creation, homosexuality, and so on, should not use scripture as the only basis for their truthfulness. It got so bad that the majority of the students and professors at the St. Louis Seminary walked out of their classes and started the so-called Seminary in Exile. Henceforth, while you'll often hear this event in LCMS history called either the walkout or Simenex. And do you want to know who it was that called the Synod to repentance over this? Sure, there were professors that were speaking the truth. Sure, there were pastors that were speaking the truth. But when push came to shove, It was the lay men and women of our synod that called us back to the truth of the scriptures. It was people like you, sitting in the pews, who had studied the word of God, who had heard the good and true preaching of the law and the gospel, who stood up and ensured that our synod would remain true to the word of God. And that is still your job today. It is still your job to judge the fruit of the prophets that are before you based upon the fullness of the infallible Word of God. Which means that you need to know the infallible Word of God. And if you think you do, if you think that you know it well enough and that you don't need to study it anymore, Listen to the second part of our gospel reading for today. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. How terrifying is that? How horrible would it be to approach Jesus on the last day, expecting to waltz right into heaven, only to realize that you had been misled? Or perhaps even worse, to realize that you had been the one doing misleading. And for some, that's exactly what's going to happen. You can never be content with the extent that you know Scripture. There is always more to learn from the Word, more to study in the Word, more to understand about the Word, and ultimately, more to believe that the Word says. There's not enough time in an entire lifetime to exhaust Scripture. So, if you think that you're okay, beware that you aren't growing complacent. Of course, even in their response, we see a problem with these people's beliefs. They seem to be basing their entrance into heaven on what they did. They prophesied. They cast out demons. They did many mighty works. Sure, they did it in the name of Jesus, but it was still them that did it. That was what they thought were the fruits that were going to get them into heaven. But you know the truth. You recognize that while our own fruits can indeed be signs of the faith inside of us, that it's not our fruits that earn our way into the kingdom. No, we are going to be in the kingdom for eternity not because of our fruits, but because of the fruits of the one who is prophet, priest, and king. Because of the one who gave us all of the good fruit that we could ever need in his word. Because of the one who hung on a tree to bear the fruit of the tree of life. Fruit that he gives to us even this day in his word and his sacrament, which he uses to create and strengthen faith inside of us. Yes, only those who Jesus knows will enter the kingdom. And Jesus knows those who have heard his word and trust in it. Those who have been baptized into him and who partake of his very own body and blood As the Word tells us, those who are known by Him are those who will be in the kingdom for all of eternity. And by the grace of God, through the hearing of the Word of God, through the washing of baptism and the reception of the Lord's Supper, you will be in that kingdom. Now may the peace which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.